Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. If you're an SDR and you're building your brand first, if I'm your boss, you're building your brand, you're successful there, but you're like bombing your numbers, I'm going to be super pissed. What I found was I cannot go and tell to SDRs, build your brand, build your brand, whatever. I think building a brand, a personal brand should be a byproduct of an effort or something you do. And so I've built this kind of framework where you have your core block, which is outreach. going on all you lovely lowly strs out there i am your host the lowly str and this is the lowly str podcast back today with a brand new episode where we will be sitting down with tebow cyrus sdr advocate and creator of the t-shape sdr get out a pen paper and grab your notepad because we will be explaining what the t-shape sdr is how to properly build your brand and best tactics to use to help you set more meetings that will actually close this episode is brought to you by above ground helping companies drive engagement through creating content do you have a podcast or looking to create one need a cool video for your website or linkedin posts visit aboveground.com for a free 30-minute consultation also would like to thank our sponsors sdr nation pre-hired great insight and jb sales training stay on the lookout for a special announcement with jb sales training and their new on-demand platform and exclusive perks you receive when you sign up using our affiliate link if you'd like to support the show please subscribe rate and review the show on apple Podcasts. really helps us out and lets us know you're enjoying the content also please consider joining our patreon for as little as five dollars a month you can help the low the sdr release episodes faster more consistently it takes a lot of time money and effort to keep the show running if you're in a place to do so we also have a paypal set up if you'd like to just donate to the show directly links in the description all right well super excited today we have uh t-bot on from sales labs t-bot is a community builder in the sales development sector um, he's come at me with some really interesting ideas of what he's doing to be successful and how he's helped reps right now. Um, so kind of wanted to get back to grassroots here and talk about some actionable pieces that SDRs can imply immediately to see some value in their outreach. Um, T-Bot comes to us from Germany. Uh, he's helped reps all across the globe. He's creator of the T-shaped SDR. Um, wanted to pass it over to him for a second just to give us a brief background on what brought him into this sector and why he uh, cares so much about the sales development reps of today. 
Hey, thanks, uh, Tyler and Eric, for having me. Uh, super cool introduction. I'm actually based in Germany, but I'm French and Swiss. So that, that's why, you know, my accent is not one from uh, from Berlin or whatever. But like, uh, yeah, that's I, I just live in Berlin. So um, about a bit about my, about my background. So I lived in uh, in Canada for a while, and then I moved to Berlin to actually join the company as account executive. And there I developed the uh, French market for a company called Applause, which is a crowd testing company. And basically that, that's where I learned most of the, uh, you know, of like the early sales knowledge I have. And then I just left for another company, stayed five months, you know, just got the full OT uh, thing. And as soon as my OT was like off, I hated working there. I just like went out and started my own company. And so, you know, like a lot of people, I was doing like uh, sales consulting and sales coaching and training and all of that together. And as you know, guys, sales is a super vast and deep topic. So, you know, as you go, you start scratching and then you're like, oh my God, I'm such an ignorant, you know? And so I realized, you know, I made like a strong audit of what I was good at and it's mostly training, coaching and, and kind of giving a show. So, you know, I kind of scrapped all the rest, you know, and focused on that. And then as I, I went there, I even discovered, okay, I know nothing. So then, you know, I really started focusing and uh, I had, you know, a set of, of, um, of how to say of, uh, of, um, circumstances that made that I had to do cold outreach. And I was like, Oh my God, I just, I don't want to do that. And then, you know, I just said by necessity, I just have to find creative ways to do that. And then I started like cold outreaching, um, building content, building my network and finding patterns around that. And now I'm really focusing on focusing on that. Because I've worked with a lot of SDRs. I've not been myself an SDR, like, you know, full-time. I've been full-cycle uh, AE. Mm-hmm. And I know how challenging it can be to be asked to do dials, you know, send emails, deal with rejection, and, you know, just being a, like a, a hamster in its way. So that, that's why I have this passion, because I know, you know, most of our SDRs are millennials. And uh, they are great at building content, you know, using a phone, like uh, to uh, send a snap, uh, do a live on Instagram. They're excellent, but using their phone, even to call their moms, it's super hard for them. So ask them to do that with a stranger. That's, that's super complicated. So that's why I was like, they deserve better. You know, I'm a millennial myself. I know what we're capable of. And uh, I really, that, that's why I'm so passionate about that because I, I know we can use our right brain to be creative and, and lend tons of uh, opportunities. And, and yeah, that's, that's why I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. And I, I love what you're doing. And Eric and I, I have had a bunch of conversations about how this role is kind of shifting in general, like what's going to be the focus of the SDRO? Where do you build value? Um, because we're seeing people laid off from these jobs. It's an expendable role. It's a low salary role. Uh, the skills that you're learning can kind of be replaced by automation to a certain degree when we talk about just pure output of like number of dials, number of emails. So um, tell us a little bit about the T-shaped SDR and kind of what inspired that. I know that you have a lot of interest in driving people towards like the non-traditional skills that we've looked at for this role. Yeah. So the, the T-shaped SDR is a concept I came up with um, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember how it came from like that. So, so I just like, at some point I was like, well, that's, that's, that's it. That's how I need to do. So basically, um, when I started like this kind of cold outreach, I took a lesson from uh, Justin Welch, uh, his kind of LinkedIn playbook. And, uh, it really opened my mind on content building and brand building. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is really interesting. So I started building my brand just, you know, to try and see how it worked. Got a lot of success there. And, um, you know, I, I actually fell on a video from Beck Holland, 
that was super interesting. And she was fighting with Josh Brown uh, over brand building for SDRs or employees. And so this really made me realize that there's kind of a conflict there. If you're an SDR and you're building your brand first, if I'm your boss, you're building your brand, you're successful there, but you're like bombing your numbers, I'm going to be super pissed. And so what I found was I cannot go and tell to SDRs, build your brand, build your brand, whatever. I think building a brand, a personal brand should be a byproduct of an effort or something you do. And so I've built this kind of framework where you have your core block, which is outreach, booking, you know, discovery calls, booking meetings, generating opportunities. That's where you need to focus, but you can develop other skills and develop like skills in content building where you'll actually find your ideal customer profile, refine that and be able to understand what problems they're trying to solve. Then you build content to solve that problem. And so an example is in Europe, we have these two airlines, EasyJet and Ryanair, that are, you know, they have all the market. So when you're traveling, even if you're traveling for business, you have to co- like collect a VAT uh, or tax uh, invoice. This is a super painful thing to have. It's super complicated. So if I'm selling an expense or spend management software, I'll actually know this is something consultants that are using spend management software are facing. So I'll build content around that. I say, hey guys, found this five-step checklist to request your Ryanair invoice. You know, super easy. I'm going to build this. This is going to attract the right type of people. And then it's going to be so much easier for me to start conversations than just call calling. That's one thing. The other thing, the other thing is like building your network. Because if people in your network are composed of your friends, your colleagues, and your mom, you know, you won't go far. So it's really how you proactively do this kind of thing, how you find again your ICP, build lists with that, and then you know build your network on a, on a constant basis. And so whenever you look at that, it looks like the, a, a T. So you know, it's a, you, know, you have like your main core knowledge and skills where you are in, in outreach and prospecting. So that's where your core building, uh, sorry, your, your core block. And then you'll develop network and content on the other side. And you know, you'll be not as good at content because you're not a content marketer or you're not right. like a, you know, like network, networker, this kind of thing. And this is form, this will form actually the T-shaped SDR. So this can vary based on different people, but that, that's the, the, the core idea basically. So you said something about millennials being good at producing content because they're using Snapchat, they're using Instagram. I really like this idea. I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way, but I do think the younger generation, our generation, millennials, I think we have a natural knack to produce content, but I think sometimes people get afraid of producing content on LinkedIn. We have a lot of people come to us like, hey, I really love like all the content you guys are doing. I kind of want to do something similar. And people are kind of scared to pull the trigger. What kind of advice would you give to people that are trying to, you know, get their name out and just kind of dive into content on LinkedIn? So first thing is um, like rethink the definition of content. Content is not only posting. Commenting, thoughtful comments is content. So that's, I would say, the first step is to make sure you observe people who do content that you really like. And so that's something I've actually, I've observed a lot. I, I see, follow a lot of people and you get a lot of inspiration from that. You see what works, what doesn't work. And then it's really first understanding this kind of thing, posting thoughtful comments to start with. And then you'll see, you'll, you'll start to see patterns, things that kind of pop and, and that give you like good inspiration. And then it's really about like trying to, you know, to, to, to start with the content. What I, I think is really important to understand is whenever you're trying, you're starting, first people will make fun of you. You know, just like know that your, your friends, your colleagues, whatever will make fun of you. Yeah. And that's okay. 
and you know, in a few months, they will stop making fun of you and they will come to you and ask for, you know, for advice. So that's the first thing, you know, is to, to just like ignore the haters. And one thing I like to say is when, when you have haters, it means you're doing the right thing. You're too big yeah. to ignore. So that's, that's really one thing. Just go for this. And I would say it's also super important to um, be consistent, you know, just like you say you commit, let's say to one content a week, just do it, you know, consistency over quality over anything. And then you'll actually keep refining and understand what people want. There's a guy I want everyone who who's here to, you know, listening to follow this guy called, is called Tom Boston. He's an SDR at Sales Loft in UK. And this guy is like, he's crushing it. He's making videos where he's just like, uh, mimicking like, or, you know, like, uh, um, imitating, uh, impersonating, I think that's how we say it, like, uh, different kind of conversations and team meetings people had during like the lockdown in UK. And you have people say, Oh, we should do a quiz. And then he's like, Oh my God, a quiz. Oh, we should do a TikTok video. And then he's going (laughs) and, and this is just like, he gets five to 600 likes every video he's doing. Uh And, and this, this is really like, you know, he's just very different, but he's, he's driving actually some good opportunities for him. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. I had a conversation yesterday where someone brought up the objection of like, what if I'm too new to the role? I'm like, you're too new is not a reason to not like jump in, like jump into reading content, jump into prospecting into people specifically to leverage them as a mentor or resource to learn the industry. Like if fear of creating content is never going to be solved by, you know, not trying to speak with those people and, and produce yeah. something like it's a growth process. Like we're still there. We're just getting our podcast started. We're getting better each time we talk to guests. We're learning our rapport. We're learning how to talk to one another better, how to host better. Um, but I think this whole fear, I think that's like the, the millennial thing. Like there's so much, uh, you know, just attention and discrimination that we deal with where Mm -hmm. even if it's something as simple as like educational content we're worried about like what the world will have to say about that educational content we put out so is there anything that like you're telling reps or just kind of reassuring them of like hey like this this will be okay this is how you do it like it's a path like how are you kind of dealing with some of that rejection and the initial hey i posted something and nobody cares like now i'm gonna stop posting so first of all, yeah, when you start posting, nobody cares. That's the thing. So that's where you can you can be bold and, and say things. No one will care. What I really recommend doing is to actually document your journey. Um, you know, because if you are very new to an industry or job, you can't go and be like, here's my five-step checklist to crush it. And by the way, here's the private jet I, I actually bought. You know, that doesn't work. So um, you're in the job of actually documenting your journey. And one thing I really actually... Um, advise people to do whenever they are SDR selling to technical roles. If you're selling to a CTO, uh, CISO, like, you know, all these kind of very technical roles, there's a huge gap between what you're doing, what's your job, you know, and what, the, what is their job? Because if you're an SDR selling a sales enablement tool, you know, you'll get it, you know, it's more or less the same topic. But if you are selling to this, uh, this technical, what I w- would really recommend is to build content where you show, Hey guys, I've been, you know, cold calling or cold emailing 200 CTOs this week, no one answered. And maybe one guy answered, he insulted me. You know, what am I doing wrong? Here's my message. What should I do? What would you like to hear? What would make you react as the CTO to, you know, what I say? And then you can actually tag some people or talk about, you know, current customers you have, go and, you know, like, and kind of have this, this exploratory process where you will understand a bit what is the problem they're facing, what is the language, and what, you know, 
what's the best way to approach them knowing that you will not be able to kind of have a, a technical conversation with them. And whenever you do that, it's always coming back to the same thing. They will tell you, I have XYZ problem. I love educational content, you know, there. And that's where you can repurpose marketing content. You know, your marketing team is building a lot of technical content. You can repurpose, repurpose that for this. And that's really what I'm replying. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you brought up a good point in terms of like, uh, who are you selling into? And an interesting stat that I saw recently is that uh, email open rates are at an all-time high. Email response rates are at an all-time low. So people are opening our digital content right now. What are you seeing on your side as like strategies that might be working with that? And are you kind of seeing some of that same pain where people are opening your emails and you're not getting high response rates right now? So I guess people got really good at um, subject lines. You know, that, that's, that means, you know, because the people open emails, yeah. but they got, they're still terrible at like content. So what I actually believe in is um, cold email in the typical sequence I use and I teach is the last touch point you do. You actually have so many other touch points you do before that because you have two things that are super important in cold outreach is being creative and relevant. And so what I believe, you know, in terms of relevance, it's, it's a whole top topic, but what you need to find is what I call triggers. So trigger can be in so many different ways. You have macro triggers, uh, like the pandemic we're living in. It's a huge macro trigger that has impact all over the place. I mean, in sales development, it's pretty obvious. What you get is a lot of mar- companies were spending in marketing, got inbound leads. It was luxury. You know, you were qualifying inbound leads. Then they cut marketing. Everyone's doing outbound. Everyone's sucking at it. So that's, you know, that's one big thing for me to go and, and train companies because I can help people with that. So that's my macro trigger. But you can find like smaller trigger, like more accurate trigger. If someone is posting content on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, you can use that to actually get in touch with them. And I'm not saying, uh, hey, you're from uh, this college, uh, my father, or I was in this college too. Okay. We should talk. forget that. You should okay. actually use a trigger. Yeah, I mean, because everyone's doing this this thing, you know, I was in the same school, whatever. Personalization, like, hey, yeah. I know you did this. Now, do you want to talk about my CRM? Wait, what? Like, we really took a loop <laughs> there from like, I went to Stanford. Yeah. So like, let's talk about Salesforce. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. so and so the, the idea is is to find the trigger. In, a trigger is just like an indication of public information that shows that a prospect may have a problem you can solve. That's, that's really what it is. What, it is, has, what you are you using on your side? Are you using like intent data? Like how are you figuring out that, hey, this person might be in the market for X product? So two triggers. First one is the macro trigger that I will use for a top-down approach, wherever, uh, sorry, a bottom-up approach where I'm talking to anyone who's like more or less in my ideal customer profile. Yeah. And there I'll say, um, pandemic, whatever thing, you know, has this impact, you know, this is the typical problem I've seen and, and people having, is it the case for you? Should we talk? That's one thing. There's the engagement trigger. Whenever you build content, you have people liking, commenting, interacting. This mm. is a trigger, you know, where I'm going to find, let's say a VP sales kind of like, like one of my posts or whatever. It's a very good kind of uh, excuse to get in touch. So mm. that, that's really, you know, that, that's really the kind of triggers I would use. And if I want to actually talk with like, uh, have a proactive approach, outbounding VPs of sales who often are busy working and not posting content, it's going to be harder. So there I'm going to use like an approach where I'll try and see how I can provide value. And one good way to provide value to C-level or VP level is to give them exposure. So, um, by the way, it's a, a tip for you guys. If you're trying to, uh, say, you know, to talk with VPs of sales or whatever, you can I invite them on your podcast, best way to start a conversation. So yeah. for me, yeah. it's like I build a guide 
I built a guide for VPs of sales to navigate 2020. I got like, um, you know, like VPMEA from, uh, from Salesloft. I got a guy from Shopify, Mad Kudu, like tons of really cool companies. And I just got them because I said, I want to get your, your, your point on how you're dealing with the current situation so I can build a playbook and outreach other people and do marketing for free for you. These right. people love that. So that's, yeah. that's one good way, you know, to, uh, to get in touch is just like find what they, what they look, you know, what they look for. And of, often C-level, VP-level love exposure. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously having a podcast or opening up some type of dialogue or get someone on video to kind of run through solutions or like what they're doing at uh, any moment in time. I mean, it's been helpful for us. We've been able to have conversations with some great like thought leaderships yeah. and it's really helped us build our network. Um, but what would you say is like one of the biggest mistakes people are making right now when they're sending emails? Like, why don't you think um, average reps like aren't getting their emails opened or they aren't um, getting any replies? Like, what do you think one is one of the biggest mistakes reps are making right now? So I think the, the, the biggest mistake you see whenever you receive emails or you see whatever emails have, are, um, how, how, are sent. So I'm really lucky. I'm working with my fiance when, you know, like uh, she's working in another company, but working together because the, her office is closed. Mm-hmm. She's in sales too. And they said, you know, let's do sequences. And I watched the sequence and I was like, oh my God, they talk about themselves. You know, they just talk about, you know, their features, what they're doing. So it's focused on the company and not on the problem of your, your prospect. And one thing of, often is you will talk about, yeah, go ahead. I said they pitch slap you. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. <laughs> pitch slap. Yeah. And so, uh, so they, they, they send this kind of thing and then you just see that you're like, Oh my God, it's another prospecting email. And so they, you know, if they were just switching to actually problems, you know, what are the problems they're trying to find and how they can avoid and minimize this away language, you call that. This is much more powerful, but that's one way. The problem is whenever you receive an email or a call call, your brain is actually wired to avoid them because you've received tons of them. You know what, what, what they're, you know what they're doing. So your brain takes a shortcut and just like dismiss it. So what I like to do is to find pattern interrupts and the best pattern interrupt I've found so far is a quick LinkedIn voicemail. So, um, I don't know if you guys know how to send a LinkedIn voicemail. Do you, yeah, do like you like have you yeah. voice messages, but if yeah. you want to explain real quick, I'm sure our audience, if they haven't last yeah, one. Exactly. So first you have to download the mobile app because it's only available on your mobile app. And then if you use WhatsApp, you'll actually just understand how it works. You go to the person you want to talk to, you click on the small message icon, and then, you know, you'll have the message, um, I'd say box. And then on the top right of your screen, there's a small microphone icon. You just like hold your finger on there, get up to 60 seconds to drop your voicemail. This is the best pattern intro because it's a small blue line with a play button. Seriously, when your brain sees a small blue line with a play button, what does it do? It yeah, wants to click it. Yeah, it commands the finger to click on this thing. So that's that's the thing that you don't you don't do when you have an email, you know. Because and so the voicemail in a few months, unfortunately, will will not be so in a few years maybe so so novel, so different. So you'll find you have to find other ways. Right. All right. What is it like a soft call to action that you're using? Like in that first message, is it just like, Hey, I'm so-and-so like, I know that you might be dealing with X, Y, and Z, or like, what are you including in that first message? So often, you know, it's like, I'll just say, hi, hope you're doing great or something like that. Sometimes I even cut it and then I'll use my trigger. So, um, I'll say, I don't know, you engage with this or I'm getting in touch with you because I want to get you on my guide. So really using this trigger. 
And then I'll ask what, uh, what Josh points for the revealing question, where I say, how do you deal with this? Or I have a bunch of tips I'd love to share with you. And one thing I like to actually do is to have like, uh, you know, just ask them if they want to book 15 minutes. Or one thing I've actually seen from a gong research is that the best actually call to action you can do is, are you interested in learning more about that? Not giving a specific time or whatever. So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, kind, of, kind of gonna play with that. And it depends on the mood I, I am in. So super important to be in a good mood when you're doing a voicemail, because this, you know, your voice will actually communicate that. And so, yeah, that's more or less the framework I use basically. Yeah, I think like one of the challenges here is like teaching that methodology to reps where you can't just force it at them and ask for the meeting. Like it's more like what's working right now is this longer, more complex approach where it's geared around soft calls to action and hey, we can talk about this and maybe I have some solutions to the problems you're dealing with. So yeah. how do you like systematically kind of instill those values in people? Because I don't think that's really what's taught by your direct manager at most organizations, unless you're at like a super forward thinking company. Uh, they're going to hold you more to the metrics of dials and emails sent. And if you're doing these things, which like you and I understand the value of them, like we get it. But if your manager doesn't, you're kind of in this dilemma of, I can't reach the results that I need, but I think what I'm doing is correct. And how do you support the person that's doing the right things? So like, I'd be curious to know actually what's the, uh, the, the real workload of SDRs most of the time. So in, in my career, what I've seen is like SDRs most of the time, um, at least in Europe, what you see, they will spend like two or three hours of productive work actually per day. Most of the rest will be spent talking, you know, like bitching about other people in the office, <laughs> playing uh, foosball or table tennis, you know, and just like complaining about their quota or whatever. So if you, you know, focus on your three, I don't know, let's say you're working really hard, you have five hours of productive time, you still have around three to four to actually try different things. One thing I recommend is to experiment things. So you don't need to ask for your, to your boss or whatever, you just throw some experiments. And so, you know, that can be, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to contact all the VP of sales in XYZ vertical and, and build a guide with them, you know? You do, you do that, you, don't, you, don't re- you really don't need to actually ask your boss or whatever. Um, yeah. And so when you do these things, you, you throw experiments and you know, at some point you just like focus on one metric, you say, okay, I want to see if I can get like boost my answer rate to, I don't know, 60%. Uh, and that's the only thing I want to I focus on. You put a timeline, I don't know, of two or three weeks. And then, you know, you just go and go for it. At the end of it, you have, you know, you say, okay, maybe my initial metric was at 20%. Now it's at 60%. And then you go to your boss and you say, hey, boss, look at this. That's what I've done. Why don't we investigate that a bit more in detail? So I, I think it's it. really being super proactive with that. That's the way I would do it. Yeah, I love it. I think there's a, a lot of opportunity there in terms of like metrics that we don't examine as sales leaders. Like I tell people that all the time, like let's start looking at response rates as opposed to numbers of meetings set. Because if my response rate's increasing and I know anything about my industry or the people I'm talking to, like sales is a game of luck. Like eventually I'm going to hit my stride where I'm, I'm killing it and I'm booking a bunch of meetings because of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. I think that you're, that's a good piece of advice though. Kind of find more hours to be productive in your day and fit that into that extra time because the reality is you still have to operate under those metrics and requirements. Yeah. Um, exactly. On your side, I know you uh, shared with me briefly like a sequence that you've used that's pretty successful. I'd love if you can take us through 
kind of like beginning to end, like how you're utilizing that. So is it like a LinkedIn voice message and then you send like the first of a string of emails? Just take me through like what that outreach sequence looks like because I think there's a lot of value in it. Okay. So before going in there, I just want to say that I'm going to, you know, drop it, uh, I guess in the, we'll drop it in the episode description. If you can't find it, I think you just go to saleslabs.io and it's like a T-shaped SDR sequence. Oh no, no, sorry. It's the ultimate LinkedIn sequence. So, uh, you know, you'll be able to find that this sequence is, is a very simple sequence that you can use for bottom up, uh, you know, kind of approach. And the idea of the sequence is that I will work with, uh, I start with what I call a soft connect. So the idea of the soft connect is to really invite someone on LinkedIn and get this person to accept your invitation. And so there's different ways to do that. You can actually either personalize it or not. What is surprising is for decision makers, they often appreciate not personalized invite, which is surprising. If you have a good profile where your headline, because what people see on their phone or their desktop is like picture, uh, your name, your headline. The headline, good thing is it does, it's not your job title. It's just like whatever you want to do. So you use something like I, for me, it's like I train and coach B2B sales teams to start more conversation and close deal faster, something like that. This tells you what you do for your prospects. So really you kind of rework on your, your headline, your, yeah, your headline. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to test what works with a link, uh, with an invitation customized or not. And then once you have, you know, you, you do that, you are, you're connected with someone and you have like a vast, I mean, uh, area of ammunition to actually talk with this person. Then you're able to actually send a voicemail, which is the step two that I do around three days, three business days after. And is this voicemail I use, as I said, you know, like trigger either a very personalized one or a more macro trigger based on, on the person I'm talking to. And then, you know, I ask this kind of question, you know, see how they deal with X, Y, Z problem. And I ask if they're interested to talk about. So this really sounds like a personalized approach. I got a lot of people, they say, wow, man, I love your game. This is insane. No one sent me this thing. This is super cool. So you do these things. After you wait for two, three or the days, use something that is called a Vidyard, uh, mm-hmm. Video Ask or Soapbox all freemium. You don't need to pay anything, yeah. you know, and then you record more or less the same message if you want, or you can add some more personalization, but you say, Hey, just want to check if you had, you know, like these, these things, like if you had the time to listen to my voicemail, here's like a, you know, reminder. And then what I like to do is to switch to text. So on LinkedIn still, I will send a text because often people listen to, or, you know, are just consulting LinkedIn in meetings. So they can't listen to voicemail. They can't watch videos. So you do the text and maybe some people will jump in there. And then what I do is like a sign out email. So it's great because if you're like your team or your manager is super cheap, they will not give you Hunter credits. They will not give you any uh, Zoom info or whatever. So you'll have to find emails manually. So you go on Hunter, hunter hunter.com, you find the email address, then you validate with mail tester, whatever. And you can often do that. Often you don't need to do it because people will have answered to you before. And in this sign out email, once the kind of like uh, address is found, I just drop, you know, I say, I try to get in touch with you X, y, with the XYZ thing. Here are links for you that you can, can actually like, uh, that can help you partially solve the problem I was trying to get in, in touch for you with you first. Mm-hmm. And you say, that's the last email I'm sending. And often people just come back and be like, oh, sorry, I just didn't have the time to answer. Just, you know, right. call me back in one month. So five-step sequence, 12 business days, and I get 58, 55, 58% answer rate. Wow. And I book between 12 and 25% of these. And it takes me 30 days, wow. uh, 30, 30 minutes a day. 
I love it. Yeah, it's just, it works. It seems completely personalized to that person, but I mean, it's scalable. That's, that's yeah. what you look for in that role. Yeah. It's super scalable. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think would be your top three skills that you would look for in SDR or like top three uh, tricks or tips that you would give to SDRs to help, um, you know, focus more on their emails and engagement and how they can book more demos today? So skills, um, resilience, creativity, and hunger. Uh, that's the that's that's what when it is needed. Um, in terms of like top three, uh, you you say tactics or whatever. That, yeah, that's what tactics, you were asking. Like tips or tricks today that's going to yeah. help them. Yeah, like two things that they could. There are three things that they could do today um, okay. to implement to help them get more demos. So first of all, one thing like super important to do is review your ICP. I mean, it sounds super stupid, but yeah. like review your ICP because no one knows. Like seriously, ask any SDR; they don't know who they're selling to. Yeah. You know, like super, uh, important. super important. You know, so there's like I'm actually gonna drop also an ICP matrix, which is like uh, super cool. You find your ideal customer company, so with firmographics from the company, the size, number of employees, whatever, mm-hmm. and then your ideal customer title, so the the person you want to talk to in there. Find that, see if you're talking to a decision maker, a champion, or an influencer, call that. Because your decision maker will actually talk about risk, opportunities, market shares. They will talk about big numbers. And your champion will talk about features, uh, challenge, how do you actually help them uh, spend 15 minutes more in the coffee break, you know, these kind of things. So the messaging will be different. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, second is actually, so these th- three tips will actually follow each other then. Um, is really to work on your messaging with what I, I call the problem cad- canva. So just forget everything you learned at bootcamp or on your onboarding because everyone talks about the company you're into and they're like, okay, we're the best company. Yeah. We are, the, the, like, that reminds me of my onboarding at a company that was doing uh, attribution. I, yeah. it, like, uh, it was super complicated. And they were talking only about them. So just forget about it go and find what problems people are having. So you can either ask, you know, that's a great, great piece of content to put on LinkedIn, you know, CTOs, CFOs, whatever, what is the content, you know, what are the, the, the struggles you're currently facing? And then, you know, try and understand these, go to your account executive that are there already, understand what, what problems, what use case the, the solution is solving. And then you list these problems and that's going to allow you to actually go and use these kind of macro triggers. So I don't know, a lot of VP of sales right now, they are thinking about um, Q2 is actually looking pretty good. That's surprising, but in the US, Q2 is looking more or less okay. Q3, everyone's shooting themselves because there's no more pipeline, you know, and they're like, they are thinking about Q3, how do we reach targets in Q3? That's the big, big thing right now for VPs of sales. So think about this and then you'll be able to simply get in touch with them. And if you talk about that, you're going to get a lot more answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm thinking in terms of like, how do, how do people go about that? I guess when you say determining your ICP, is there a specific way you recommend? Do you recommend like reaching out to existing clients of your company, reaching out to like outside people in that buying persona role? Because I think people understand it and then they get hung up on, well, I don't know how to do this. And like CMOs don't want to talk to me. Like what's your methodology to get that person engaged and start to gain that knowledge. 
So I'd say the ICP is also like, a, it's a sweet dream where everyone would love to actually know. The, the truth is if you're a business and you're in business right now, your ICP is constantly evolving. So you more or less work with the same, but you can't have like a fixed ICP for 10 years. So that's one iterative process you need to have. But what I would really recommend is just to go in Salesforce. So go in Salesforce, list, I don't know, like in your territory, whatever, list all the close one opportunities or list like all the the um, the accounts where you have an ongoing opportunities for more than one year. Like they renewed, you know, one, two, yeah. three years. This is where, you know, you'll know your use case are great. Either you know, your champion just like is dead or, <laughs> and for someone forgot and just like people are paying without, you know, a reason, but that never happens. So it's like, it means you're doing, you know, your company is doing something great. And there interview the account executive or even ask if you can talk to the, you know, the champion in the company who's using this solution, why they love it so much. Interview them. Just do a, a show, like a Zoom Zoom show, whatever. Just get some insight and, and, and share this insight internally, externally, however the company does. But like really work, find the, these kind of customers that are really working well and paying you well, and you're going to get your answers. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at things. On your side, I know we're excited about uh, something that you're rolling out in terms of like your SDR community. I think that's to be determined in terms of the release date. Is there anywhere in specific uh, that you'd like to gear our audience towards where they can get some more resources and uh, start to implement some of these like sequences of knowledge that you've shared with us? So I'd say that the best way, if they want to really grab resources, for me, that's I'm building tons of content. So you can add me on LinkedIn. I guess you'll put the link. It's Thibaut Suiris. So it's T-H-I-B-A-U-T. Suiris is S-O-U-Y-R-I-S. There's only one. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not like... Uh, uh, not you know, an Eric Smith, or, you know? Yeah, yeah. not an Eric Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, that's good for that. They can also go on my website. The uh, Sorry, it's like saleslabs.io. So S-A-L-E-S-L-A-B-S.io. And there there's like... Uh, videos that I've done, interviews of people I've done with webinars. There's the B2B sales podcast, which is a podcast I'm also co-hosting with my fiance. And uh, I do blog posts and whatever, like a lot of different things. So that's really where I would recommend people to go and then they'll find links that links lead them to, to some other places. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate having you on and definitely go check out those resources. Uh, this is somebody who's doing things the right way and invested in SDR success, something that we really care about and he's stood out to us. So go ahead and check out uh, some of those resources on there. And we look forward to touching base with you and hopefully re-engaging this conversation down the line after uh, we've had some success stories of people using these tactics. Yeah, then. Thanks a lot for having me. That was super cool. Really great. You guys are two really great hosts. So uh, I, you. you know, I've been speaking so much that it, it just definitely tells me you know how to do good questions and discovery. So thanks, guys. Oh, well, I appreciate you. you. Now you, it's uh, it's cool that people when people come and they're like, hey, I have this sequence that has X response rate because most of us are talking about like big ideas of like okay. how if we implemented my thought process as a thought leader like how things uh, yeah we would change thought. everything for the better but yeah having something I, tangible to be like i know this works here here's the results and here's the statistics meetings and now i have a good sequence to use like that's yeah. that's really useful for people so we appreciate it i mean it's like the big ideas or whatever are for you know of, of managers or whatever and here we i really want to help sdrs so it's about tactical results and things they can do and then the, the managers will come to me and say, how did you do that? So that's the, that's the idea. <laughs> 
All right, guys, that's going to be it for us. If you made it this far, please subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when new episodes go live. And if you're enjoying the show, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out, lets us know you're enjoying the show. Also, want to give you guys a chance to start your own podcast. And if you're looking to do that, uh, one, go to Above Ground, check us out. We will help you produce your podcast, take away all the headaches that go behind it. Uh, if you also looking to get distribution, uh, want to pass along uh, some discounts that I've been offered to me through Buzzsprout. I use Buzzsprout to upload and distribute all of my podcasts. Really simple platform to use, easy and intuitive. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you and gets you a $20 Amazon gift card. If you sign up for a paid plan, we also receive a $20 gift card. So really helps support the show that way as well. Again, seriously consider joining our Patreon or donating to the show using our PayPal link. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.